So at this time, we're actually beginning the practice of our retreat. And we do so with an orientation, and then later on, after the refuges and the precepts and so forth, we will be led through our first guided meditation instructions around collecting and unifying the mind. We are here to explore the mental facility. It's a mental facility of concentration in Buddhist psychology. We define it as the practice of collecting and unifying the mind. Collecting is uh, the, the effort of gathering, where we gather the facility of attention and uh, we gather it around a single object of our practice experience. And then the unifying is the becoming one with that experience. Collecting, gathering, one. This unifying with. It is a process that flourishes paradoxically through relaxed attention. So when we think concentrate, we, you know, we go get all scrunched up and ready to concentrate. Just the opposite. Just the opposite of what's called for. It is a relaxed attention. It's having the mind relaxed. That the attention that's moving towards the experience is very relaxed. It's having a good time. It's, it's perfectly happy being here. It doesn't feel pressure, performance, anxiety, you know. It just, it, it's, just, it's just interested. It's a very relaxed mind state. And then it softens into the experience. It softens into what experience? For us, the breath. Unless we work out a particular uh, change for you at some point during the retreat, we're all going to be working with collecting and unifying the mind's capacity for attention around the breath. So the breath is going to be our object. Uh, you'll, you'll hear this so many times on this retreat. 24-7 the breath. 24-7. We're really learning to be with the breath. But we're not tensing. We're not knocking down the breath. We're relaxing into it in this way. When we first started teaching this retreat, we learned that there's a tendency uh, with people who have not had much samadhi-style practice to have strong concepts about what a concentration retreat is supposed to be like and what their experience of being with the breath is supposed to be like. And uh, it's good that you had those concepts. They got you here to the gate. Let's leave them at the gate. Because it's so different. It's so different than what we're going to think about, have some big ideas about. It's the direct experience, the felt experience of being with the breath. We all know task concentration from threading a needle. Those of you who can see well enough still to thread a needle, to uh, writing a report or cooking or uh, surgery, or writing software, when one has to really be focused, 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 focused. Uh, and that kind of uh, task-specific concentration is one where the task drives the concentration. It's the anxiety or the desire around the task that leads to the concentration. What we're doing is we're learning by choice, to direct attention to a chosen object. Not that there's a task involved, not that there's the anxiety or the reward of a task. It's because we believe that this is a skillful means towards a wholesome goal. This is a radical reprogramming of the nervous system. 
this ability to do this. We all have this capacity. Our particular level of it varies by how much we just start out with this, this tendency, by the conditions of our lives, but also by how much experience we've had. And I have never met any lay people, maybe a couple monks would be an exception to this, but I've never met a lay person, including myself and everyone I know, that can't uh, increase their level of concentration. It takes practice, but the good news is it responds to practice. Some things, the response can be so slow that you can't feel any response for you know days, weeks, months, years, depending on the thing. But this practice is so responsive that by the end of the retreat, it will be very unusual if you don't feel some degree in some way, not as you're conceptualizing it right now. Once again, I'm pointing out this. I could feel all of these jumps all right there in the minds. So, oh, da-da-da, it's going to be like that. We don't know what it's going to be like. But there will be something that can be felt by the end of the retreat. So we're learning to direct attention to the breath and to keep attention on the breath. That's it. Choosing, directing, make that connection, and stay with. We're just doing it over and over again. And as we do so, we will find ourselves more and more collected around the breath. That is, more and more of our time will be spent with the breath. It'll happen to everyone in this room. And then in time, we will feel varying degrees, and it, can, it will vary so much by person, what form or how that'll be known or how it will feel to you, what taste you'll have of it, some degree of unity with the breath, becoming one with the breath. There's a number of skills that help with this process. And all of us in the course of these evenings and in the instructional sits in the morning will be helping with that process. We will be sharing our various knowledges. And we all have had a lot of experience in this kind of practice, a lot of experience. And each of us have had unique experiences. So you'll get to hear different voices describe this process in different ways. And some voices will resonate more for you than others. It's always true. It's always true. But we have such a variety of voices here that it is really useful in this way. One um, reflection for us all from the beginning is that we are working as much with our attitude as we are with the actual practice. So our attitude can be one of impatience, or we jerk the mind back to the breath, or we're uh, very harsh in our view of ourselves. Boy, does that not help. But we have old habits of mind, or we're very excited, or we, we, we have a little sense of that we can't really do this, we have the doubt. Various kinds of mind states, various kinds of hindrances come up that start to affect our attitude towards the breath. And this is one of the things, starting right now, to notice what is your attitude towards this. What we encourage is an attitude of kindness towards yourself and kindness towards the breath. Why not be kind to the breath? If we have an attitude of kindness, it's going to be more available to us and we're going to be more patient in developing our relationship to it. And likewise, an attitude of appreciation. This is the breath of life. You're not breathing, you're dying. And so every breath is a precious breath. There was uh, an old uh, Buddhist story of this uh, this student who was complaining about following the breath. 
saying, but the breath is boring, it's not interesting. Give me something that's more interesting. And uh, this, uh, this, this teacher, uh, this is an, uh, an Asian story, the teacher takes the this, this student, sticks the student's head in the water and holds it down, takes it up for a moment, <gasps> puts it back down, ta, 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 up and down a couple of times, and then he says, so how about those breaths? Were they interesting? <laughs> and indeed, if we hold this kind of appreciation of breath, it becomes more interesting. There is also something very mysterious about the breath and this whole process of how life goes on. And there is an energetic level of the breath, that's where where the breath is energy, that is also very mysterious. Being open in that way as though you don't know the breath, each breath You've never known a breath before. This breath is unique. This kind of open, a beginner's mind is so useful in doing this practice. It will make a difference. And then the, um, this, this feeling of, um, I am coming here to be available for this experience rather than thinking I'm doing it. I'm showing up. And then what experience I have with this will be what experience I have, rather than thinking we're in charge. If we were in charge, we'd already be all experts in samadhi. We'd go in first, second, third, fourth jhana, and all the immaterial jhanas, just like that. So clearly we're not in charge, so we can let loose of that. And have this feeling of, oh, what would it be like to just be here with the breath? As we learn to do that, and this too has to be learned, we have to cultivate attitude, the feeling of this, uh, this practice will deepen for us. And again, this is something that's within our range of doing. We can practice in this way. We can create better conditions for concentration to arise. Exactly how much concentration arises is uh, due to uh, circumstances and, and causes that are larger than, than our, our range of choice. But we can contribute by creating the right conditions. And many of those conditions are tied in to attitude. And then as we do this more and more, delight, 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 delight. The joyous breath, the happy breath, these things become available. One thing that I uh, want to say that I had uh, originally um, uh, was going to say earlier, each person in this room comes with a different background in concentration practice, a different background in life experiences, a different background in uh, economic class, in education, in health, in ethnicity, in gender and uh, preferences and every kind of diversity and difference. We come from trauma, we come from a happy family, we come from being an only child, we come from being childless, we come from being in partnership, not being in partnership, we come from being young, from being middle-aged, from being older. Every person is welcome. You belong in this room just as you are. We welcome you. We're glad you are here. We want to work with you. Nobody is a burden. Nobody's particular difficulties in doing this practice is a problem, is a difficulty for us. No particular problems you have are difficult. All are welcome. All belong in this way. Last thing to say, we come in with varying views about mindfulness and concentration or mindfulness in samadhi. We have different views among us and you'll hear different views. But in terms of thinking about this practice, I invite you to think of concentration practice as being mindful of the breath each moment. 
So you are being mindful. It is a mindfulness practice, but there's one object involved, and that's mindfulness of the breath. And it's continual mindfulness. So you're not having to give up your mindfulness. You're not reducing your capacity for mindfulness. You're enlarging your capacity. You're building up the muscle, or you're developing a, a, a bigger feel for how to ride one moment after another after another as though you were surfing. That there's, a, there's this feeling by the continuity of staying with the breath. So it's a kind of continual mindfulness. We will be speaking of it as concentration, but we're not, we're not creating some kind of duality here. That, that you're supposed to then have to struggle with or abandon something. It's mindfulness and concentration. This moment with the breath. This moment. This moment. This moment. Just feel it. This moment. Just settle in. Just feel it. This moment. This moment. That's the practice the whole 10 days. Very happy to be here with you and thank you for coming. So let's just take a moment to stretch before we um, continue with the retreat. You've all been sitting for a while. So just really collect your attention into the body, whether it's a tired body or a stiff body or a restless body. And just see what the body needs, just to move a little bit. As you're stretching, you might notice the energy in the body, areas of tension. yourself to come back to sitting. to talk about a very just move it down how is that that's better can you hear me at the back no This is five. How's that? Is that better? Yeah, I can hear. Yes? Good. So, um, one of the beautiful parts of the retreat that helps support our concentration is the ritual of taking refuge. And this is something we continue throughout the retreat, is aligning the body, mind, and heart with this practice of refuge. And so we're creating really 
um, a safety, an openness, and aligning ourselves with, first, the possibility of being awake, trusting that that's possible for us. Aligning ourselves with being awake, with taking refuge in the Buddha, in our own being, the one who knows. And we're also aligning ourselves with all the wise beings, all the beings who were enlightened and awake in the past. So all that energy can get collected and we're receiving and moving from this place of trusting in the possibility of being awake, of Budo, awake. So we align ourselves with that and we can remember to connect with that over and over during the retreat. Sometimes when we get caught in, um, in not trusting that it's possible, in doubting our capacity, we can let go of the limiting beliefs and take refuge in the Buddha, in that being possibility of being awake. And we also take refuge in what's true in the Dharma, And that's taking refuge in what's true in this moment, in direct experience, as Philip was talking. Free from concepts about the breath or whatever's happening, and the direct felt experience. Aligning ourselves more and more clearly with the truth, with being awake and with being the truth. And so that's the Buddha and the Dharma bringing together what knows with what is being known. And out of that comes Sangha, comes the possibility of being that in our lives. And the Sangha of the community that we're with here, really drawing on the support of each other, even though we're not talking, sensing that possibility in each of us. And so it's a really beautiful practice to formally take refuge and to continue to take refuge throughout the retreat so that we can build this safe container for all of us to be held in and to hold each other in. So let's chant the refuges together. And as we're chanting, as you know, each refuge is chanted three times. There's the Duty MP and the Tati MP. And the first time, we're taking refuge in connecting with the sense of being awake and with, of the truth and Sangha. The, th- the second time we chanted, we're embodying that, so really getting the felt sense. And the third time, we're radiating it out, having that sense of Sangha and our wish for all beings to be awake so that our practice here is empowered not just by our own wish for our own practice, but in benefiting everyone through our practice. So it's not just for each of us alone. There's this real openness that this is for the benefit of all. So let's chant together. I think you, you all know the chant in Pali, and we'll just do it call and response. And so as you're settling in before you're about to chant, just bring your awareness into your body. Connect with this sense of being awake, of realizing the truth, and having a connection with all beings who wish this same thing. Namo tassa, Namo tassa, Bhagavato, Bhagavato, Arahato, Arahato, Sama Sambuddhasa, Sama Sambuddhasa, Namo tassa, Namo tassa, Bhagavato, Bhagavato, Arahato. Sama Sambuddhasa Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Bhagavato Arahato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Sama Sambuddhasa 
Buddhang Saranang Gachami Buddhang Saranang Gachami Dhammang Saranang Gachami Dhammang Saranang Gachami Sangang Saranang Gachami Sangang Saranang Gachami Dutiampi Buddhang Saranang Gachami Saranang Gachami Dutiampi Dhammang Saranang Gachami Dutiampi Sanghang Saranang Gachami Tatiampi Budang Saranang Gachami Tatiampi Damang Saranang Gachami Tatiampi Sangang Saranang Gachami I'm also very uh, pleased to be here. As most of you know, we complement the taking refuge in the precepts with establishing a container of care and support, particularly by um, committing to the five basic ethical precepts. I want to say a little bit about those precepts, particularly with... uh, reference to this being a concentration retreat. We'll be exploring over the course of these days, both in our practice and in the talks and instruction, the meaning of what in the tradition is called right concentration, or we might say mature or realized concentration. And it's actually important that this is distinguished from concentration in general, that the concentration is set in a larger context. And part of the meaning of uh, right concentration, or sama samadhi, is that the development of concentration is totally related to the development of all the other factors of the path. So it's related to our understanding, it's related to our mindfulness, it's related to our Um, ethical commitment. And that's quite important. And I'm sure we'll explore that more in many ways. And so we want to have what we we often call a container that can really support our practice. And I I sometimes think that, uh, you know, uh, other other, uh, Buddhist traditions sometimes have a lot of magical aspects and And I think the magic of Spirit Rock and similar places is our uh, container of support, that we stay here and we have the support of the whole community here and wonderful things happen. The main criterion for um, successful practice is that people stay. And so we have this uh, support, which especially is there by our shared commitment to following the, these five ethical precepts. And I'll say a little bit about them. They're familiar to most of you. And then we'll take the precepts um, with uh, silent reflection briefly on each of them. 
So the first precept is that of not harming. And all of these precepts really are established conditions where we can really attend here to the single pointed and really one-hearted development of the unified and collected mind. And we need a certain amount of sense of uh, safety and a sense of connection and support. There's a beautiful line in one of uh, Thomas Merton's books where he says that the inner, the depths of the inner self, they're li- it's like a, a shy, wild animal that only comes out when the conditions are right and when there's safety to really let those inner depths manifest. And so we commit to following the precept of not harming, not harming ourselves, not harming others, not harming ourselves physically, not harming others physically, really not harming in all the different ways, physically, emotionally. And the other side of that, the other side of the precepts, as many of you know, they're expressed more negatively, but they're really positive. The positive aspect of that precept is that we, we develop uh, caring, and concern and uh, the love and the open heart towards ourselves and others. The second precept is that of not taking that which is not given. Again, this is very much to let us rest and feel uh, taken care of, respected, supported by others, by the whole community. The third through the fifth precepts have to do with being uh, very careful about energies that can often lead to suffering and to um, a lack of careful action towards ourselves and others. The third precept is about being careful with sexuality. The fourth precept is about being careful with speech. And the fifth precept is being careful with substances which shift consciousness. So for the context of our retreat, the precept on being careful with sexuality actually uh, is quite simple. Precept gets a little bit complex in daily life, but here on the retreat, it's very simple. And it's really about uh, two things. First, being celibate, committing to that. And secondly, really containing our sexual energy and not expressing it outwardly and not acting on it. The fourth precept related to speech, we sometimes call wise speech or right speech. Again, has a lot of different meanings in the context of us talking which we will not do outwardly generally, except for meeting with the teachers, as you know, or talking to the managers. So we, we embrace what we often call noble silence. And we commit to uh, a kind of inner silence, which is the counterpart of um, concentration of samadhi. We commit to uh, outer silence, and we also want to be careful with the inner silence. So in terms of our outward speech, we, we embrace the silence except for what we have delineated really as partic- you know, a few places, like in the one-on-ones with the teachers, talking to the managers, for some of you, uh, some of uh, the work situations may require some speaking, but we keep that to a minimum and we're quite careful, and especially with concentration, we really want to have that energy go inward in, a, in that one-pointed way where all of our energy is going in that relaxed way, relaxed but persistent, right? That's, we'll keep on saying words like those, relaxed, persistent, uh, channeling of the energy to be present with the breath. And so another aspect of 
wise speech in relation to inward speech is to have that speech be caring, to be quite observant if our speech becomes negative towards ourselves, judgmental or harsh towards ourselves or even others. And we can see that as part of our following of the precepts as well. And then the last precept concerns being careful with substances which shift consciousness. Again, for the purposes of this retreat, we abstain from such substances that doesn't include medicine. So what we'll do is I'll repeat the precepts and I'll invite us to just reflect for a moment after I say each of the precepts and just let your inner commitment be firmed up and just see how it lands with you in terms of the meaning that the precept has for you. And I'll express this in a way which also communicates that sense uh, both of um, sangha and community and also the sense that we are in a training period and that we are creating this container for the purpose of development and training in concentration. For the sake of training and understanding our interconnection, I undertake the precept not to harm living beings. For the sake of training and understanding our interconnection, I undertake the precept not to take that which is not given. For the sake of training and understanding our interconnection, I undertake the precept to be careful with sexuality. For the sake of training and understanding our interconnection, I undertake the precept to practice wise speech. For the sake of training and understanding our interconnection, I undertake the precept to be careful with substances which shift consciousness. And here in this retreat, that means abstinence. We've all taken these precepts together and this can be a source of support and even joy as we practice, knowing that we are part of this interconnected community of like-minded people. I'd also like to very delicate balance here for this room. Let's try that. How's that? Does that seem okay? I'd also like to um, express my happiness to be here. I think this is the um, the third time I've taught this retreat, and each time. 
I find um, such joy, I mean, not only in um, hearing and listening to your, the, the, um, the retreatants deepening in their practice, but also because I get to do my concentration practice while I'm here, and uh, <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> and so I um, just want to welcome you all and express my happiness in being here. And we'll do a guided meditation now for about 20 minutes to settle us all together in this practice of breathing, of mindfulness of breathing. I'll just say a couple words before we begin, because I was kind of struck by the, um, the notion of containers that we're settling in. Several times that word has been used. There's the container of Spirit Rock itself, the container of the nature, the, uh, the spaciousness of this, the stillness of this place, and that can support us here in our deepening into connecting with our own breath. It's the, the kind of the outer expression of stillness can help us to connect with an inner stillness. And then the container of safety and non-harming that we've just entered into together with the refuges and the precepts. That container also supports us. It supports the, um, the letting go of the agitated mind because with the um, commitment to non-harming, the mind can rest the mind can rest more easily. And then we'll all be creating our own containers of heart and mind and body in which the concentration will unfold. And as Philip mentioned, the, um, one of the keys to that container is relaxed attention. And this was kind of a surprise to me when I first started doing concentration practice. And the relaxation of body, heart, and mind being a key component to having that wise attitude towards our breath. And so that's where we'll begin this evening in our first practice together is in cultivating some level of relaxation, and from that relaxation beginning to meet the breath in a very gentle way. So finding yourself in a posture that feels comfortable, alert, And we'll begin with, just take a couple of deeper breaths. And allow your, yourself to connect with the sense of the body on the in-breath. The way the body stretches, expands, the lungs fill. And the releasing, relaxing qualities of the out-breath. Particularly connecting to any sense of relaxation that might come about as the breath releases. And then letting the breathing return to normal. We'll also cultivate a relaxation of body 
by doing kind of a systematic relaxation through the body. So just letting your attention rest in your head and letting your face, the scalp, (laughs) relax. Your jaw. Allowing a relaxation of your neck and shoulders. Softening, releasing your arms and your hands. Relaxing your chest and upper back. All the muscles all the way around the rib cage. Softening and releasing the stomach in the middle of the back. the abdomen and the lower back. Allowing a releasing of the hips and pelvis. Even inside the hip socket You might be able to touch into a little relaxation there. Relaxing the legs, the knees, the lower legs, ankles and feet. Relaxing the body begins to support the mind's ability to settle and relax too. And I also find it helpful in this relaxing in the body to See if there might be able to be some relaxation inside the body. Let's see if you can relax inside the throat. Relax the heart. and the lungs. Relax the stomach and the intestines. And see, perhaps, if there might be able to be a relaxation of the mind. One way into this relaxation of the mind. Imagine your brain is a muscle. And see if you can relax your brain. Allowing this field, this container of body with as much relaxation as is accessible to you right now.
connecting to the whole sense of the body. And within the body, allowing the attention to attune to the experience of breathing. However it's most clear to you, that may be at the nostrils, or inside the throat, on the palate, perhaps at the sternum and at the chest area. Or perhaps the rising and falling at the abdomen. Settling back with a relaxed body and relaxed mind. Seeing if there can be a sense of receiving the experience of breathing, wherever it's clear to you. The breath is that delicate creature. And sometimes with delicate creatures, if you look at them too forcefully, they flee. having the sense perhaps of settling back and allowing that delicate creature its space. Connecting with the sensations of an in-breath. And then the sensations of an out-breath. It doesn't take much effort to know an in-breath. Just an in-breath, and then just an out-breath. A light touch of effort over and over again.
course the mind will wander off the breath. I find it helpful when the mind wakes up to check in and see if tension, tightness has crept in. And if so, to allow that to relax, to release. Taking the time to create that relaxed container again. then reconnecting with the breathing. Allowing the breathing to return into the container as opposed to being dragged back. relax and allow the breath to be felt a half a breath at a time So we have come to the end of our formal practice together tonight. I think you all know the hall is always open 
You're welcome to continue practicing this evening if you have the energy for it. And also, if it has been a tiring day getting here, please take your rest. And we will be back in the morning at 5.45 for the sitting before breakfast. Is there anything else we need to say? Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.